welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Hello, welcome back to Fiercely Unstoppable. All right, let's dive in. We have an incredible, amazing guest for you. You definitely want to grab your notebooks for this one. Hillary Hendershot is the founder of Hendershot Wealth Management, a leading financial advisory firm for women. Her mission is to motivate women and their loved ones to be financially empowered. Hillary hosts Profit Boss Radio, a podcast where Hillary and her guests offer inspiration and actionable advice to support women in their financial journey. She is also a TEDx speaker and has been featured in Wall Street Journal, NBC, ABC, Fox, Daily Worth, Forbes, and Investopedia. Hillary was recognized as one of the top 100 financial advisors in 2018 and 2019 by Investopedia and a top 40 under 40 entrepreneur in Silicon Valley in 2014. With more than 30 television appearances, she's considered the go-to personal finance expert in Silicon Valley for NBC, where they have nicknamed her the investor's voice of reason. Oh my gosh, man. Well, if that does not excite you enough, you absolutely are going to be so thrilled with this episode. And I just want to dive into it. Let's dive in, grab your notebooks. Let's have some fun. All right, you guys. Well, welcome back to another episode of Fiercely Unstoppable. We have an incredible, amazing, fabulous guest today. I'm so excited. Her name is Hillary Hendershot. And you guys are just going to be blown away. I can already tell. Like the vibe of this is going to be incredible and amazing. But Hillary, thanks for coming on today. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today? Yes. Well, uh, after having heard my tech, my technical bio, in short, I <laughs> was, I am a girl with a head from a head for numbers. Okay, I was a math tutor. I scored in the top percentile on this blah 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 test, and then I got out of college, got myself into massive amounts of debt, and basically mm. ruined myself financially. And I said to myself at my own rock bottom, when I literally had my credit cards were all maxed out, my bank account accounts were empty, I couldn't even put a tank of gas in my leased BMW convertible. And I said to myself, self, this is not how my life was supposed to go. (laughs) And I said, it's pretty clear if I keep doing the same things, I'm going to keep having the same results. So I'm going to figure this out because I'm just absolutely Mm. not going to have life go this way. And then as, as I started to put new steps in place, you know, first you have to tell the truth. You have to make a life that's in alignment with what's actually true. What's actually happening. Right. So I had to tell everyone there's no money. I don't have anything. It's all gone. Uh, And then I started living this life on a plan. Like I started, I Mm. made my 
plan. Mm. And then I, I kept my plan. And uh, along the way, I said to myself, you know what, if I can figure this out, I know there's a lot of women out there who would really love to have this. Like if I can package it and give it away and coach it and teach it, I think this is my calling. And I was already working as a certified financial planner. So I'm already working with high net worth investors. And so I'm a stock market expert and I know a lot about retirement tactics. And so this really just became that unique value proposition that I bring because no matter where you are financially, I have been there and I have done mm. that <laughs> or I know someone who has. And so I'm in that yeah. unique and very special position of being able to coach mostly women and some men, mostly women, uh, about their relationship with money. So, you know, I know that you teach specific tactics and mm -hmm. sales and, and things like that. And my, my, my je ne sais quoi is really about your relationship to money. So yes. what do you think or feel about money that's keeping it out of your life or making it a mess in your life? Oh, so good. And, you know, I think so many people who listen to this podcast or even anybody at some point in time, I'm sure they've had an inkling of like, oh, I don't think my life is supposed to look this way. I didn't think it should be this hard when it comes to money. And I mean, that's, I feel like your story is very similar to mine, except I didn't have the BMW and, <laughs> and my life looked a lot different. It was one of those things that I think that's going to be a beautiful way to start this before we dab into the relationship with money and everything too. My first question is for you of let's talk about that low point financially. And you felt that, um, I have felt that I I've shared my story many times of, of when I had that pivotal moment, but how do you help people? Like what, what suggestions do you have for people to help them get out of that? Like deep black hole emotionally to decide and know that they're worthy of something more, that it gets mm. to be different. So what suggestions do you have to kind of get out of the black hole emotionally and actually choose to say yes to their dreams? Yeah. Wow. Good question. So as I, as I shared, I, I saw that maybe my purpose on the planet was to give what I had learned away. And so of course you have to make it teachable. You have to make it understandable. Mm. And I created this framework that I call the seven steps to wealth. And, you know, it just so happens that I'm offering your audience a, a, a tool, a multimedia tool that they can use if they, yes. if they like this story and want to go further with yes, it. Yes. Please but grab that from the show notes. You guys like go to the show notes right now, press pause and go grab that. It's going to be amazing. Perfect. And, you know, really the first step, and I think what you just described in your own journey and what I described in mine, the first step is to decide. Mm. Like whatever your results you're experiencing in your financial life right now are the outcome, the natural consequence of actions and behaviors you've taken before today. Right. So if you want different results in the future, you got to take different <laughs> actions <laughs> and say different things. And it was, it's so interesting. A, a, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine came out with a new podcast series about human trafficking, which is a, a super yeah. dramatic and horrible thing to have happen to you. Oh and this spent six years sort of captive to this person. And then she got out of the situation. The police pulled her out and sort of put her in public housing. And a month in 30 days in, she's looking around her and she doesn't have a car. She doesn't have money. She's on food stamps. She has to walk her kid to school. And she said to herself, wow, well, I put six years into that situation. I bet if I put six years into this situation, it's mm. going to look a lot different than it does today. And I thought that's exactly what I try to tell people. It doesn't happen immediately. I right. mean, I did not buy coffee in a coffee shop for two years. I was broke. 
broke wow. girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. And now I'm, and I don't mind sharing, I'm financially independent. I work because I want to, I could stop I if I that. wanted to. Right. And that didn't happen overnight. It took nine, 10, somewhere around nine, 10 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I was doing all right and able to have good discretionary spending by the time I was at five years. Right. It, oh. it, it took a while. It took a while. But anyway, so the first step is to really decide to really arrange all of your molecules around okay, look, I put myself in this position and huh. I'm taking responsibility for these results. I just don't want these results. I'm going to do something different. And I think if you truly, you find that if you truly make a decision, life looks different after that. You start to see yeah. new opportunities for action, new, new possibilities for being, right? Mm -hmm. New roads to go down. Was that your experience? It was one of those things for me, I remember specifically like having this moment after um, having to remove already bagged groceries out of my, my grocery cart <laughs> because my food stamps, uh, my food assistance card didn't, it didn't match that price point. So I had to remove, like remove money. I was like, I need to wait. I don't need this. I don't need that. And it was so embarrassing. It was definitely, of course it starts with the decision. And for me, I remember kind of saying this prayer of like, okay, help me figure this out. Help me figure this out. And I promise if I figure this out, I'm going to help others do the same. It will be my life's mission to help others do the same. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. And I do believe though that, and this used to really piss me off. So if somebody is getting like mad right now that we're starting with, well, just make a decision, make a decision. Cause I used to be in a place where I'm like, oh, well, they're like, just decide just decide it's going to happen. It's going to happen for you. And I'm like, I've decided a million times. And I think that we should definitely talk about what happens after you decide. Yeah. Deciding isn't enough. <laughs> you have, that is the first step that you have to choose and decide that I do deserve something different and my life gets to be different. And yeah then, <laughs> and nobody <laughs> talks about the end then, and it used to really piss me off. So let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So for myself, you know, and I had mentioned, I got really honest with the people around me. I mean, I had sort of been living this lie, like mm. the least BMW. I had the beautiful condo yeah. I had purchased. Uh, I had only, I had financed 95% of the purchase price and then took an additional home equity line on top of that. So wow. I really had no asset. I had mm -hmm. only debt. And my income had gone through the floor because it was the liquidity crisis and I was working in financial services. It was awful. And yeah. so, you know, I just, I went to my parents and my friends at the time and I said, look, here's, here's what's so I ain't got nothing. I screwed right. up. I walked that BMW. I think I had it towed back to the credit, the credit union. Mm -hmm. And I walked the keys in and I said, here, this belongs to you, not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And that's all getting honest. That's real. It <laughs> it really, yes. And I think that that's the first step of you kind of making that plan of action. Okay. Well, what is my current situation? Like, what is my current situation? What's actually going on here? You'd be so surprised the number of people that come to me and I'm like, okay, what have you made in the past three months? And they're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, we have, we have to know what's going on in your business for me to help you scale this. So it's really important. I actually would love to talk about that as well. After kind of going through the valley of death with finances, basically, you're like, oh, well, it's only up from here, right? 
how do we start to be comfortable looking at our money, looking at our finances and not mm -hmm. literally feel like we want to throw up everywhere for those money avoiders out there that are like numbers, money, ugh, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's actually a good segue into the next couple of steps in the Perfect. framework because um, you actually, there, there's no really, there's no such thing as a true money avoider. You didn't come out of the womb that way. You got right. made that, you got sort of crafted that way. And it turns out that if you look at what neuroscientists already know about money, and by the way, I talked about this in my TEDx talk, mm. but the neuroscientists are the folks who study the power of language on our perception of reality. And so it turns out when it comes to the conceptual areas of life, so for example, time. Time mm -hmm. is almost 100% conceptual. Almost nobody can define time, right? So right. your relationship to time is inevitably going to be dictated by something someone said to you or someone th something you said about time at some point. So, for example, if you if I say to you, "Time flies when you're having fun," you have this joyful sort of energetic <laughs> experience, right? Like, yeah, time does fly when you're having fun. Yeah. Or if I say to you, "Well, you can never get that minute back." Right. That's like, oh, wow. Boom. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. I have the experience of something lost or something foregone. And that's just all words, right? It's just all language mm. to describe something. Okay. And money is conceptual in the same way. So when we're kids, either someone says something to us about money or we make something up about money. So for the, for the most right. part, your parents probably said something to you like money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. Um, your parents are rich. You're broke. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, for most people, it's some version of there's never enough money. Okay? Mm -hmm. There's never enough money has to be the most common, strongly held belief, which I, I trademarked a term called money operating system that people abide by. Mine was definitely there's never enough money. And I was the overspender kind of believer of there's never enough money. There's also an under earner kind. I was earning okay money. I was over six figures. Uh, I just, if I earned 115, I would spend 130, right? Right. So of course- there's never enough money. When you're net negative 15K a year, I promise you, there's never enough money. Uh, and so there's going to be a, lo a lot of little beliefs that go along with that. But of course, some other people think money is the root of all evil. Right. Some people think if I'm a good person, the universe will just provide what I need. <laughs> right. It's like mystical, right? Yeah. And that's all fine. I mean, that sounds more empowered than there's never enough money and, right. and that is more optimistic. I don't have any problem with optimism, but when you have a mystical, strongly held belief about money, you're not going to do the, the logistical or operational things about money that need to get done. Like looking at how much you earn over the last 90 days or mm -hmm. checking your account balances or acting within a budget or a spending plan. I don't like the term budget. I used to. I don't either. Spending plan. I like that. Let's all adopt that into our new lives as we are changing our money situations for good. Uh, yeah. Spending plan. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the next step is really to get to look at, and I encourage the people I coach to keep a money conversation log. So what are you saying to yourself about money? What yeah. do you say to other people about money? You know, what comes up for you when you think about negotiating or bargaining? Uh, yeah earn what you think you should earn. Like, let's just write it all out. Right. Yeah. Money journal money is a topic that unfortunately in our culture and many cultures is considered private or taboo. It's so but weird to me. So when you talk about it all the time, you forget when you're in like normal society and you're like, wait, what? Like yeah. this is not a normal conversation that you guys have on a typical basis. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to normalize it. I think that's one of my, my like deeper missions is normalizing speaking about money. And you. I'm fighting that fight too. Yeah. You know, we can fight it together. <laughs> oh girl. I, I interviewed a gal who said, you know, she had shared her compensation with a woman she considered to be her best friend. She said, mm-hmm. basically this company's paying me $125,000 a year, but I really think I'm worth 175. Mm-hmm. And her friend was just abhorred. She said, I can't believe you just told me how much money you make. I make so much less than that. She said, I don't even want to know that about you. We were equals until this moment. She's like, I don't even think I can still be in relationship with the woman said it took her almost a month of apologizing to essentially get back on the same page with this person who she thought was her, her best friend. I said, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Well, and I mean, the thing to think about is, okay, like you just said, what was the money situations, what was the money bullshit, if you will, that she heard as a child to make someone think that, oh, if you make more money than me, then I must be lesser than you. Mm-hmm. Who made that rule? Nobody made That's that rule up. insightful of you, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, nope. this is how I make the big bucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's also that one permeates also though, right? That mm-hmm. more money makes you right. more worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And and who said like who decided that? Like who said that this is the rule of life and who a man. Probably. I'm just kidding. All my male listeners, I love you. <laughs> but yeah, I love this though. I think that, you know, this is a beautiful exercise. So kind of what we've talked about so far is, is collecting an inventory of what we've ever heard about money at some point in our life. So whether, especially between zero and, and eight, really when your your brain is such a absorbent sponge and it's not even, I don't even think the words, but even what you see too, the things that you see, the things that Sometimes people you feel pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, if you see, um, your, your, your parents arguing and maybe energetically you, you kind of can pick up that it's about money and maybe you don't hear that it's about money, but you see that you could then pair two and two together later on as well. And then have that, but it, taking the inventory of what you've heard, seen, or felt, you know, in, in the past when you're growing up, but then even throughout the week. So like if you decided, okay, every single day this week, I'm going to take a note of anytime I spend money, anytime I receive a bill, anytime I um, get a paycheck or I sign a client, what is the first thought that goes through my head? And I think that that's a really beautiful place to kind of like collect and really see what needs to shift. I had a client once who discovered that she felt rich when she received checks in the mail. So Mm. she would put them on her desk and she would keep the paper check and she wouldn't deposit it. And then when she, when the check would go away, she'd mail it to the bank. Then she felt poor, even though the money was, the money would show up in her bank account. Right. And she's like, I'm crazy. (laughs) She's like, I think exactly the opposite of what's true. There's a paper check sitting on my desk. I'm not rich. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I need need fire insurance. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how our brain, you know, even though it's there to protect you and it's there to keep you safe, it's constantly in this state of, um, (laughs) overwhelming confusion. I feel like it's like, it's like, why is my brain doing this to me? I know you're trying to keep me safe and thank you for that. However, I get to know, even if I cash this check that I'm just as wealthy 
as having it on my desk. Thank you. My crazy brain. Yes. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but of course your brain is only interested in you surviving. So if you've survived any scenario in the past, it's going to have you do exactly that same pattern again. It has no, your brain does not want you to thrive. Mm. You have to work really hard to be a happy, peaceful, thriving person in this world. Sometimes you really have to go against your own grain. Mm-hmm. And what I always tell people too, like the hardest part about going after your dreams and really about business in general is the six inches between your ears. That's really what it is. It's, it, this is the like hardest you part. Just re- you just re-said what I said into, in easier it's, to understand words. Well, exactly. you're welcome. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> now you have it and you're like, I will take this for now. No, but it's, it's so true. So it's just, um, that is the hardest part. So the question then becomes, well, how do we break this habit? What do we okay. do from here? So this is when, and you have to, this is where I, I went and learned about neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity says that the brain can actually be changed. They've done studies. You can change the neural synapses, um, basically the pathways through your brain that cause your uh, feelings, thoughts, actions, and emotions. And uh, that requires time recurrence and environment. So you need to put yourself Mm -hmm. in the same situation again and again and again and produce a different result. It's just like learning a new habit. Okay. That's the simple way to articulate it. It's like, you know, for me, I've gotten myself to a place where I actually feel a little bit uncomfortable if I don't go for a run in the morning. Like it didn't, it wasn't always that way. uh, Right. But I, I do it so consistently that now I wake up and my natural my natural pattern of behavior is to put those running shoes on. Right. And so, um, so this is where the money plan comes into effect. So you've got your money conversation log and you've got your decision. You're like, I'm going to do this. Now you need a plan for your money. Again, I don't think many people find budgets useful at all. I never use that word. I actually recommend a totally different plan of action. It's called automation and essentially is a couple different accounts, three different accounts that you funnel your incoming money to. And one is the the account that you spend from. One is the one that you pay your overhead from, like your rent on your new apartment or your lease or your your insurances, your memberships, anything anything that is all you already agreed to pay that you're sort of on the hook to pay every month, your utilities, stuff like that. And is that personal stuff? Just to, just to clarify. So is that like between personal and business, if, people we have, could talk about business finances well like i think that so like if would we have three for personal and three for business or so would in business it's different and okay. i recommend a system that very much aligns with profit first have you heard of profit mm-hmm. first i have i haven't looked like terribly like i can't say that i've yeah. researched it terribly into it but i have a book okay deal tell us the <laughs> tell us the goods so what you want to do, uh, I forget the name of the law. Somebody's law says that <laughs> ex- Parkinson's law says okay. that things expand to fill the space that you give them. So for example, if you allow yourself four hours to work on a project, it's going to take four. Yes. If you put $100,000 in your bank account, you're going to spend it. Okay. Mm. So let's say in your business, you have a very successful launch and you make $10,000. Well, you don't own that $10,000. Okay. You might have vendors to pay. So you get that paid off as soon as possible, but you're going to have to pay tax on that. Okay. Right. And part of that should be to go to save for your own financial independence. So you Mm -hmm. make up a rule. $10,000 comes into account number one and 25% gets sent over to account number two. That's for uncle Sam. That's for your taxes at the end of the year. (laughs) 25% gets gets sent to account number three. That's your financial independence savings. And then 50% gets sent to account number 
for, that's your personal spending that you can spend from. So after you've paid your vendors and all your costs, you have to divide those accounts. So yes, I believe I'm a big user of uh, automatic transfers and yeah. your philosophy in your business accounts is going to be different than personal because in your business okay. accounts, you have to spend money to make money, right? It's right. It's different. So it's like, yeah, like hiring coaches and everything too. So you would suggest, and I just want to clarify just in case, and please correct me if I'm rotten. So you would have four in the business category and then for the personal, we are talking about the three still. So well, maybe actually, actually okay. account number four in the business ecosystem is account number one in the personal ecosystem. Okay. So once you're, once you're out, taking money out of your business account and transferring it for your own personal spending, now that's yeah. your personal income. So that comes out of, and I literally keep my business accounts at Chase Bank and my personal accounts at Citibank. Ah, so, Okay. My, my money comes from Chase Bank to Citibank. Now that's account number one in my personal. Okay. That's Perfect. where I pay my mortgage out of my, my overhead, what I call yesterday's promises. They're promises that I made before today. <laughs> and then I have, then my, but my, my allowance comes out of that account into now personal account. Number two, that's mm -hmm. today's fun. That's my spending money. That's restaurants. That's gifts. That's clothing. That's gas. That's if I decide I want to go out to dinner tonight or buy you a cocktail, it's going to come out of that account. That's my, any decisions I make now in the moment, if I go to the convenience store and I buy double A batteries, that's going to come out of that account. Okay. Right. Now also from account number one, I transfer to my own, uh, sorry, my, like, for example, if I'm saving for a new car, cause I'm going to need $20,000 to buy a new Hyundai or something in 24 months. And I'm going to, I'm going to have that be a lumpy expenditure. So I'm, I'm transferring money into that account. It literally says all things auto. I literally have an account <laughs> called all things auto. And then I have another account called uh, gifts and holidays. So mm -hmm. for Christmas, I'm saving all year. And if, if you invite me to your wedding and I want to give you a $250 wedding gift, it's going to come out of that account. Awesome. And if I can't afford it out of that account, it has to come out of today's fund or I can't spend it. I don't have it. <laughs> mm, I love it's like this. A, it's like an irrigation system. Okay. Yeah. And I, I have, I paid off $160,000 in debt using this system. Wow. And I literally have multimillionaire clients who use this system and I still use it. That's so it totally works. And what it does is it has you, it, it has you be committed to all the things you're committed to financially at the same time, because we get such scarcity thinking. It's like, okay, I'll save next time. I'll save mm -hmm. when I have a bigger launch. I'll say, Oh, I just, I need to invest in this now. I'll, I'll pay my taxes out of my next launch. And it's like, it, you never catch up that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, I think that I was guilty of that for a while too, because my first business, actually, I, I don't even know if I really made any money because I was constantly reinvesting back into the product to sell more of yes. the product, to buy more of the product, to sell more of the it's product, to buy cycle. more of the product, to sell more of the product. And then I was like, am I making any money? Like, I don't even know. And you know, to be honest, um, I'm not the numbers person. So I would have loved to just, just, just thumbprint your, your money and numbers brain into my brain. And I would be greatly appreciated. I like to just make money at this point, And then I have people that figure things out for me, but I love this idea of automation. And I think it would be beautiful to see a, like a photograph of this, of like, okay, here's this, here's this. I love this idea. I love, oh, can you imagine if everything just like automatically just worked in that way for you? How much stress would that relieve? 
from people. But it does. So much. And that's what so I much. do for my clients. It's that's awesome. amazing. And, and I'm glad you said that you want to see a picture of it. Yeah, I really do. Add that to the show notes. <laughs> I really I, do. And I think that people I are going to really benefit from that. Yeah. I made an um, animated video about oh, it. Oh, so I can can't actually- wait to see it. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Well, especially because like I'm, I'm such a visual learner and I know that we have people who totally just follow that entire conversation and we have people that are like, wait, what? Um, so I think that video is going to be absolutely yeah. incredible. And I know I can't wait to watch it as well. Cool. So I have a video starring Caroline, my friend Caroline, oh. and then there's also a diagram so you can see it, whatever, however your brain works. I love that. Thank you so much. And I think this is, you know, I think this is such an empowering conversation for people to really understand that your current ability to make money right now and receive money right now and spend money right now is just your current ability in this time being, because it gets to change. It gets to be different. And if you want something to be different, you get to choose to start being different now. And I just, I love this conversation so much. Yeah. yeah. The world is your oyster really that there's nothing about you structurally, psychologically, mentally, that means you have to be stuck where you are. Nothing, no matter where you are, I can find someone with less education, fewer IQ points, a different gender or <laughs> younger chronologically who's mm-hmm. got, who's made, you know, their own, their mark and made financial success. It, there's nothing, there's nothing limiting you. Mm. When did you start your business? So I started in this business, I was being mentored into the financial planning world by my dad starting in 1999. So he's still running a practice down the street from mine. And then I went out on my own in 2014. So this is my firm's seven year anniversary. I love that. So you not only... (laughs) Six, sorry. I can't do simple arithmetic. Six years. That's okay. I did a live video earlier and I totally misspelled something. And then I was like, I think that's right. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. It's fine. This is, Hey, you know what? It's proof that you can figure it out and you can make money, not having it all together. And that is the beautiful thing that like, I can constantly be human for you for, and Hillary can be human for you for, to show you that you're, you don't have to have it all together to figure it out and to make it happen. You 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 really don't. As long as you fix your mistake and move forward, it's all good, girl. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you were saying, um, so what you do is a lot of this, but you do, do you do investments and everything too? So you help people with their finances physically and the numbers and the nitty gritty of all of that stuff. But you also talk about the relationship on a psychological level with money. Mm -hmm. So how does that process start for your clients? So we invite, so I have, I have a group coaching program, which is kind of the only place that I do that money psychology coaching one-on-one or one-on-many. I mean, it's a group mastermind, right? right. And so, you know, we just create a very supportive environment. I obviously am very authentic and share vulnerably about my own journey, which creates an, an environment where they're encouraged to do the same. Um, and I just, invite people to, I mean, literally or figuratively come to the microphone and say, what's your money block? What is it that you think? Where are you always stuck? 
What's the, mm. tell me the result that keeps getting posted to the figurative board. Tell me what the numbers mm. are on the board. Tell me what, where it keeps going wrong. And I, I prop coach so many people at this point that I probably have some insight into what's going on. I mean, there was a woman who came into my, uh, my first coaching program. I talk about her a lot. We have nicknamed her Danica for anonymity. Uh, Danica is my favorite race car driver. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, she just was a walking sort of pain point about mm. this divorce she had gone through, but 15 years prior, she, it turns wow. out her whole financial life with this guy was a house of cards. She had left the marriage with $300,000 in consumer debt. Mm. She had three kids at the time. She raised them through high school, living on friends' couches. So she couldn't afford a place to live. So they right. lived for free for like a decade. And, you know, for example, her teenage son was on the football team and he lived in the in-law quarters of the high school quarterback. So the quarterback lives in the house and he lives for free in the in-law unit on the property, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. and she was just scarred by this whole thing. And so everyone knew her whole persona was about being a Phoenix rising from the ashes. And, mm. and I said, okay. And she was making, she was a real estate agent. She was making over $400,000 a year. Right. But she wow. was spending 450. Right. Okay. She was so kind of like what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. She was in debt to the IRS. She was spending money hand over fist. Every dollar that came into her bank account was already claimed. So she had already sort of spent it in her, you know, she had made promises to spend it. And I looked at her and I said, honey, the Phoenix rising has never risen. So how long are you going to wear the badge of the past and not be the present or the future? Right. And she mm. just, she saw, right. She was always going to be this woman who had been broken by a divorce that happened 15 years ago and who she had been as a mom to her kids. She was going to spend the rest of her life paying recompense for the past. Right. Right. And she said, okay. She said, I'm going to create Danica 2.0. And she, mm. I mean, it took a while, it took a couple of weeks, right? I have like chills talking about this. So it's yes. so exciting. And she went out to everyone in her world. And she said, you feel sorry for me because I have been this woman who's recovering from this horrible thing. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for your empathy. I now no longer want you to feel sorry for me. I am going to create, she's like, I'm a money magnet. I'm going to create mm. my own success. She's like, I'm going to get to financial independence and I'm going to do it my way on my terms. And, you know, some of those people who heard that story, they were attached to the old her and they said, mm. no, no. Right. And yeah. they didn't come along on the journey and we've all had that happen. But other mm -hmm. people said, yeah, girl, how can I get up underneath you? And she said, it was almost the minute she started having those conversations. She said, I have more business than I know what to do with. She tripled her business that year. She earned a million dollars. That's amazing. As a real estate agent, right? That's amazing. Yeah. It, I didn't teach her any sales skills. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. This stuff is contextual. It like yeah. defines whether money is willing to flow to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's just a, I mean it to be an expire, an inspiring example of, cause you asked, where does the coaching begin? And it, it's customized to the person because not right. all people have it, something that's that obvious. But, um, but it, it always starts with who you are being about money. That was so good. Wow. I have chills down too. I'm like, oh man, I love overcomer stories. Who doesn't love that? And I love that you mentioned 
there were people that were like, mm, no, like I, I really truly believe that people come into our life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And um, unfortunately, a lot of us have dealt with those season people and those reason people. And it's always that search for the lifetime, but knowing the lifetime people will stick with you no matter what. And just like your, the other one you mentioned, when you, when you speak about money to your lifetime people, they're going to be like, that's awesome. Congratulations. Like, hell yes. Like, how can we celebrate together? So, um, thank you for sharing that story. I think, oh God, anytime we can share where someone was down and they got back up, we need to hear more of those. And so speaking of which, this is kind of like the million dollar question of the podcast. Um, you've already mentioned a lot of different things. So maybe you can tell us a different story or go in depth of a, of a story that you, you recently told. But the podcast is all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self. So can you tell us about a time where you had to overcome an obstacle and when you did, you really truly felt victorious? Yeah. Yeah. So remember I told you about that BMW, uh, I had yeah. a BMW 330CI that I had leased from the credit union and I literally walked it back in there and said, and I walked away from it and it ended up on my credit report. It was horrible. Mm. And it was a, just a perfect manifestation of everything that was wrong with me financially. I was willing to spend any, commit any dollar today so that I could have whatever I wanted. And I never thought about my future self. And then, so just last year, it's 2020 now. So in 2019, I saved up using one of those savings accounts that I mentioned before, my all things auto account. <laughs> and um, I saved up, I think it was almost $40,000. And I went down to the BMW dealership and I said, I want a seven series and I'm only going to own this car for a year. And so I just bought this car. I wanted this big car. It's basically like a limo. It's the biggest <laughs> freaking car. Uh, and it's, um, it, but I just wanted to like make this wrong right in my mm. life. And so this car originally sold for a hundred thousand dollars. It's a 750 LI and they had just had it arrive on the lot. They had too many on the lot. And so it was listed for $34,000. Wow. Yeah. We got done with taxes and licensing and the whole thing was about $38,000. And then the guy says to me, are you going to lease this, write it or finance it or write a check? And I said, oh, I'll be paying cash. Mm. And it, it was like, <laughs> it was like, and I mean, he had to, I felt, I felt worlds circling around me. Yeah. I felt angels singing. I felt proud of myself. And he, this poor guy is like looking at me like, okay drama right like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> uh i'm sure they get but for you it is and that was probably I, I even just can picture that now just seeing you you know seeing you obviously but hearing you speak about it and i can only imagine how powerful you felt in that moment that you're like i freaking proud did this yeah yes yeah. Like in reality, my life is way different yeah. than it used to be. And, you know, I'll probably sell that car in a, in a year or a year and a half or $27,000. And it will have cost me $8,000 or $10,000 to drive it for two years. And that's, that's like the person I want to be with, you know, decreasing assets that decrease in value like that. It's like, 
it's like, I don't want to more, I will never mortgage myself for something like that again. And, you know, now I know that that's true. And, you know, everyone may not be in a position where they're paying cash for cars or whatever, but you know, that's the ultimate goal is because that puts you in the power seat and then in the the negotiation and you can walk away Mm -hmm. um, because they don't hold anything over you. So yeah. Yeah. That was my fiercely unstoppable recent moment. I love that. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your incredible stories today. And I think this is just a beautiful testament that whatever your current situation is, it doesn't have to be this way if you want and you choose that it gets to be different. With good advice and good coaching. And, you know, we didn't go Mm -hmm. through the rest of the seven steps to wealth, but of course your listeners can check out the guide if they want to, but those include, you know, earning money and asking for more money and resources and then investing and growing that money, which is where a lot of entrepreneurs get stopped and then protecting Mm. what you've built. And so the guide walks your listeners through all of that if they're interested in and again we'll also include all the automation resources yes thank goodness we get to see pictures and we get to have all this good stuff yeah that's going to be so beneficial and i mean everything I think people are just going to be, where can I find more? Where can I find more? Where can I find more? So Hillary, can you tell us, um, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can soak up more of your good knowledge? Well, since you're listening to this amazing, exciting show right now, if you have time or room in your podcast lineup, come over to Profit Boss Radio. Check me out there. I tell win stories, empowerment stories. We talk about how to talk to your kids about money. It's all Mm. about money, 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 right? So Profit Boss Radio, and then you can find everything I do at HillaryHendershot.com. And that's Hillary has one L and Hendershot has two T's. And we'll have all of that in the show notes as well. But wow, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on today. It has been such a pleasure. And um, I can't wait to see what happens from here. And I can't wait to download your freebie. It's going to be amazing. You're a great (laughs) interviewer. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.